It's now time for your Election Crimes Bulletin with Greg Palast. And this is Dennis Bernstein. Happy to be here with Greg Palast. Uh, but let me just read you a little bit uh, local news from Columbus, Georgia. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffenspurge says there are 400 felony level cases that his office has forwarded to law enforcement in the state. And it all has to do with the voter rolls. Well, here we go. This is the breakthrough. Finally, the proof about voter fraud, Greg. This is a huge crime wave known as uh, official flim-flam. Uh, Brad Raffensperger, and again, it's not Berger, Brad Raffensperger, the, Perger. Uh, the uh, Secretary of State of Georgia, has said that 1,634 non-citizens attempted to vote in Georgia. 400 of those, he believes, should be charged with felony crimes. Now, this is really serious stuff if it weren't... A sick joke, Dennis. You have to understand, this is the same Brad Raffensperger that did the same trick, this McCarthyite trick, where he holds up a list of names. And he says, just like Joe McCarthy did in the Red, during the Red Scare, I have a list here. But instead of a list of communists, he has a list of people who've uh, swum the Gulf of Mexico to, to uh, vote in Georgia. But... Uh, but Two years ago, when he issued this list, it was a double voter list, like people voting twice, which is a felony crime. And exactly, you know how many he arrested? You get it? One guess. <laughs> Zero. Um, or as they say in France, bubkiss. <laughs> Nothing. So, Less than but one. None of, now, here's the thing, is that the newspapers all over America, Fox News, you name it, ran the double voter story. Atlanta Journal-Constitution, everyone ran the accusation of double voters, not one single press outfit. In fact, I just called the AJC, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, um, to say, well, did you cover the fact that no one, not one person on his list of over a 1,000 was ever arrested or indicted or even identified because we asked for the list, which they couldn't provide. Now he's back with a new list. So first of all, it's been misreported that he found... Uh, 1,600 non-citizens voting. No, these are people who supposedly attempted to vote. I would turn this story around and say we have 1,600 people who are denied the right to vote on the basis of a phony accusation that they are not citizens. I've seen these lists, not this new one, because, of course, he's keeping it hidden, saying, oh, I can't give Greg Pallast and Pacifica this list because I have specifically asked for flashpoints. Um, because it's a criminal investigation. Well, this is like the last criminal investigation. The thing is that there's an investigation, there's just no criminals. And what we find when we did get the last list, we finally did have to go to federal court, Dennis. Um, um, The Palace Investigative Fund uh, with uh, Reverend Lowry's organization, Helen Butler, who was was a Morgan County uh, elections official, sued the state of Georgia, got the list of these supposed illegal voters, and what we found is that there are people with names like Jose Garcia. They go and they find out that the U.S. government has deported someone named Jose Garcia. So obviously, Jose has swum the uh, Gulf of Mexico to uh, once again illegally attempt to register in Georgia. Actually, what we have here is a case of 1,634 Georgians 
who are refused the right to vote, which they deserve. They just happen to have names of of people of uh, of a different tint than Mr. Raffin's perjure. And that's exactly what's going on. And the press has totally inverted this story. This is vote suppression. This is not finding fraudulent voters. And they've never arrested anyone because they not, are not illegal double voters, foreign voters, etc. In fact, I talked to one of the voters who was challenged. His name is Gamaliel Turner. He is a U.S. Army major. He's here in California. And yes, he is a Georgia citizen, but he was assigned by the President of the United States to come to the, na- the uh, naval base, actually, in, at uh, Fort Wainimi here in California, and he was denied an absentee ballot. I will say he did finally get his ballot. He actually was so angry, he flew at his own expense back to Georgia from California just to make sure a judge would order that his vote be counted. That's what he had to do. So this is not a story of of massive vote fraud as Fox News is playing it, as as all the local papers in Georgia are playing it. Once again, Raffensperger's found these terrible illegal voters. No, this is a case of voters he's blocked from voting who should have been allowed to vote. They don't have any evidence that these people are anything but Americans, including Major uh, Turner. And uh, I have a clip which we'll pay, play another day, which we really should listen to about this man whose father, by the way, was is a very well-known civil rights uh, leader in Atlanta. And of course, did I mention that he's African-American? Uh, I'm shocked. Yeah, what's the redress? What, 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 and what, what's the burden now? If someone is accused in this way, it seems like it's going to be a, you know it's sort of we're getting back to McCarthy in terms of the the inability. There's really no way to fight this. Or what do the people do? Do they just? Well, I mean, there's two things that they can do. Number one, you can do the extraordinary thing that Major Turner did, which is to fly if you're absentee and they turn down your vote. They say you're not a, a legal Georgia voter, so he flew to Georgia. Went, got a lawyer, went to federal court, and got a judge to order his vote be counted. Now, that's a, quite a severe poll tax, as you might imagine. I the guess second, so. The second is that even the vote protection groups are missing this one. They're saying, they're dismissing and saying, well, these are people, non-citizens who try to vote, but they didn't vote, so what's the problem? Well, they were blocked from voting. No, they didn't cast illegal ballots because... They weren't illegal, and they didn't get to cast their ballots. This is serious stuff. Plus, the other problem that happens is, and so they have to, once again, like Major Turner, go get a lawyer, go to federal court, etc. The the uh, vote protection groups actually are simply kind of dismissing it, which uh, I wouldn't. But it's very difficult because they're under, you have to understand, it's like it's the Ukraine of voting in Georgia. These people are under attack under 20 different new rules. We have the, we've discussed before, the vigilante voter rule, brand new. And by the way, if you do complain, as Helen, remember I mentioned Helen Butler, the election supervisor in Morgan County, under the new law, um, the governor can remove any local elections official in the state. And immediately after SB 202 was passed, Helen Butler was fired by Governor Kemp. 
because all she did was go to federal court and say, give us the names of the people you illegally removed. And for that temerity, and winning, by the way, we won our case. She won the case. They had to actually pay our lawyers to the state of Georgia. And for her public service, they fired her. And so you have to understand how grim it is in Georgia right now, especially it was bad before. Right now, Stacey Abrams is finally getting her day in court for the theft of the 2018 election. Right. Now, she brought them um, the Palace Investigative Fund experts, um, provided uh, the expert testimony um, for this court case, in which we have 300,000, let me repeat that, 300,000 voters, which we've identified name by name. We're not, you know, it's not an estimate, it's not a sample. We actually have the list of 300,000 voters illegally removed from the voter rolls in 2018, almost all of them uh, voters of color. And that's how Stacey Abrams lost her race for governor. And so this is just one new attempt. And one of the things I should add that uh, Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, and again, this is a guy that 60 Minutes and MSNBC and NBC have all lauded as a hero because he supposedly yeah. stood up to Trump. You know, yeah, no, he wouldn't go to jail for Trump. That's that's not standing up to Trump. That's saying I'm. He was standing up for himself. He's now yeah. calling for a Georgia and a U.S. constitutional amendment to say only citizens can vote. Well, there's one problem with that, Mr. Raffensperger. You could read the United States Constitution several times, and you will not find anywhere in it the right to vote for anyone. So the problem in the Constitution is not um, that we need a constitutional amendment, as he's calling for, saying non-citizens shouldn't vote. What we need is an amendment that says citizens should be allowed to vote. And we don't have it in the Constitution. That's one of the big problems that we're running into when we bring these cases. You don't have a right now, to vote. Is, Sorry. Yeah. And this is now, of course, we we have to remind people that this is all happening in the context of the Congress being at stake. Yeah. Uh, the key elections that are coming up, you're talking about uh, Stacey Abrams, but yes. there are two key Senate races that are going to tell everything. Yes, well, this, here, one... this hangs in the balance. Right, so uh, we should... Uh, mentioned Stacey Abrams is running what I say for re-election as governor because she really was elected yes. four years ago. That's and she never conceded either. No, she never, and in fact, she see, said... And, she and said, it's important uh, to yeah. say, Greg, it's important to say also, she never conceded and Raffensperger used that truth to compare her to Donald Trump. See, they're yes. both well, the same, you know, right. right? Because Donald Trump said the election was stolen from him and he says, well, Stacey Abrams is the same... Uh, person undermining democracy by saying the election was stolen from her. The difference is that while when Trump went in with his supposed expertise, the courts not only threw his cases out, chart fined him and his lawyer Rudy Giuliani, but then had but Giuliani for filing phony cases has been disbarred. Let's remember that. Uh, Giuliani's been disbarred for filing phony cases. Stacey Abrams, who by the way is a Harvard law graduate, Stacey Abrams case the judge said this is absolutely substantial. It must go forward. And the important thing is not, obviously they can't make her governor backwards, and she's running now. But um, the important thing is that finally we had a Democratic politician standing up specifically for voting rights and going into court. 
you know, and not waiting for the Justice Department to decide that, you know, maybe we'll get around to the voting issue one day. The other is, of course, Reverend Senator Warnock. Raphael Warnock took the place of Reverend Martin Luther King as pastor for the Ebenezer Baptist Church. And he was elected, along with John Ossoff, in the runoff election in January of last year because he was just filling uh, a, uh, um, a temporary term. He has to run for re-election. Now, he won by about 300,000 votes. But the new systems that they put in place under SB202 are eliminating about half a million voters, half a million voters from the Georgia rolls through these gimmicks. So you take everyone named Jose Garcia and you say, okay, they're not a citizen, we'll block them from registering. You take people like uh, Major Gamaliel Turner because he's military and he's, uh, uh, they won't send him his absentee ballot. Um, and you had, uh, again, uh, in 18... We had Martin Luther King's 92-year-old cousin about to vote for her in her 50. It was going to be her 50th year of voting in Georgia when they threw her out of the polling station, and she's in that lawsuit um, that fi- was filed by Stacey Abrams. Uh, I asked her if anyone, uh, if she would sue this, that she was going to sue the state. She said, "If if someone will carry me up the courthouse steps, because she has a walker." All right, listen, we're going to take a short musical break. When we come back, we're going to uh, invite into this conversation your very courageous associate, Zach Roberts, who's a wonderful photographer who has done some photography that has made a difference and almost uh, oh, yeah. cost him uh, some serious uh, physical violence. But he, he survived and has been doing important work. So short break, and then we'll be right back. And you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. We will be joined by Zach in just a couple of minutes. Greg, why don't you um, talk a little bit about the work he's been up to lately. He certainly was doing some uh, excellent work and uh, photography in West Virginia. But tell us about what he's been up to. Well, right now we have the situation in which, um, you know, we have Joe Manchin, who is uh, the senator of West Virginia, who has been doing his level best to block any attempt at the promotion of green energy, which at this moment with tanks, uh, with uh, Putin's tanks rolling through um, uh, through Ukraine, this issue of switching to green is now literally life and death, not in some future when the waters rise, but right now as the blood is rising, we have a choice of, of um, you know, we have to make a decision. Are we going to take Putin's power or are we going to take the son's power? And now we have uh, Zach D. Roberts uh, with the Palace Investigative Fund who wrote a, an extraordinary story for Desmog blog, which you can also catch at gregpalace.com. Zach, you with us? Welcome. Yeah. Yes, Welcome, Zach. Yep. Great. Terrific. So you've been uh, in West Virginia. How, you know, Senator Manchin seems to be very popular. Was he popular with the people that you were uh, documenting recently? What well, what's the deal on the ground? Uh, he, Do he, they still love him? He, uh, he certainly was. <laughs> um, they I, I don't even know if they, the people that vote for him really love him. Other than just he's the next he's he's better than you know he's better than the the, the next best option. The other one. Um, yeah. And so like you know the Republicans in the state don't like him, and uh, you know the you, I would say a lot of the. A lot of the Democrats, especially progressives, don't like him, but he's the best. He's the guy that has power. It's kind of like Don Young in Alaska. It's like 
he's going to have to probably pass away before he loses the, loses that place. Um, and all with the, almost all the same environmental issue, uh, policies as well. So, so what <laughs> happened in in uh, West? You were just there in West Virginia. Explain the story you just uncovered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was down there for uh, Dismoglog and uh, GregPalast.com, uh, and uh, uh, basically there's a, a group of uh, uh, local West Virginians and, uh, like, you know, local New York City, D.C., and, and then, like, national people uh, congregated in front of the uh, Grant Town Power Plant in uh, uh, Grant Town, uh, West Virginia, and... Uh, this this power plant is not just like any other power plant that you know people are trying to get transitioned to whatever it's not even like the 200 over 200 existing coal plants that exist this power plant uses up <laughs> garbage of uh, bitumus um greg am i pronouncing that right say it again because we lost you there just repeat it by two minutes yes which is basically liquid coal liquid coal or, or like coal coal exists, coal. it's the complete opposite of that yeah yeah it's like the tar sands of coal let's, let's do that <laughs> you know yeah. and it yeah. basically it's the waste it's like it's got garbage in it it's got like it's not coal half of it's not coal half of it's just you know like rock or whatever they throw it i had a former strip miner tell me this is the stuff that we throw we throw away like this is the stuff we put other rock on top of we don't use uh he compared it to um if you have a fireplace and uh you're going to be burning wood and so like you don't use wet wood you don't use like brand new fresh wood you have to let it like you know dry out and whatever otherwise it's going to be inefficient it's going to be dirty and it's going to it's just not going to be really great your entire house is going to smell like smoke and well that's that's what a lot of west virginia smells like but the the double problem on top of that is that it costs more money <laughs> so it's not even it's not even like coal which is you know cheap and theoretically efficient and you know they want to you know they can claim that it's like you know it's a good good thing for china good thing for you know more developing nations but this stuff isn't even cheap but here's the thing here's why it sticks around it's it sticks around this plant sticks around even though it's been losing money continually the company has not paid rent on their offices for uh, 10 years joe manchin is the guy selling the gob to the power plant Joe Manchin gets a kickback when this power plant uses the gob. And he, he has been making a half a million dollars a year uh, by Vice and New York Times estimates uh, for the last decade or so. So a predominant amount of his personal wealth comes from this one plant. Wow. And this is the guy that sits, you know, and makes decisions, sits in the Senate and makes decisions about the culture policy, about energy policy in America. And he's personally making cash from it. His son works at the little office in uh, the next town over, Fairmont. Um, so, I mean, like, this is a family business. Um, it's, you know, it's basically the coal mob, the dirty coal mob happening in West Virginia. And it's all Joe Manchin. Does anybody confront him on this? Or does he get just a free ride? Is he just Mr. Nice Guy and he's one of us sort of thing, but he's not? Well, I mean... I mean the local. I mean one of the one of the problems with this. I mean in the Senate, sure. I mean people. I mean, environmentalists have tried to. You know, activists have tried to. But you know, when he's on his own personal yacht, um, you know that he has he has in the, <laughs> yeah. the Potomac, or he's driving through his with his tinted windowed Maserati. It's a little bit hard to get a hold of him. He certainly wasn't down uh, down at the power plant <laughs> working. He wasn't talking to right. the uh, people of Grant Town. 
who I talked to uh, the uh, local pastor there who was trying to uh, evangelize to the uh, um, to the activists there. He he certainly they, this guy was certainly was uh, Pastor Bill uh, was his name, um, and he certainly wasn't a fan of the activists there necessarily. He wasn't angry at them or anything like that, but he just was like, mm, "That's not that's not for me." But he told me that the town of Grant Town, where a lot of the worker, a lot of the you know local people have to you know have to deal with the the, the dirt that comes out of this coal coal plant, um, it has two businesses. It has a uh, storage unit place. Um, and it has two, as he said, pop machines in front of the town hall. That Grant Town, it was a gorgeous town back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Like you can you can drive through that town, and you're like, oh, this is this would be a great place. He told me that he was offered to buy a house with land for 1,500 bucks, and he turned him down because the house was <laughs> he was a con- he also works as a contractor, and he said I, I, it would cost me ten thousand dollars to wreck the house and then rebuild. And so like it is the entire area is so devalued because of the because there's no jobs there. There's no even not even quality like internet or anything like that. You can't like there's no hipsters going out to going out to Grant Town to uh you know work from work remotely um in this entire area and none of that money and they're getting they're getting pulled they're getting pulled over the coals um for this uh <laughs> uh to to make this uh to make basically to make Joe Manchin cash. So they're getting actually paid extra. Joe Manchin had to because the regulators in West Virginia, as you know, I mean, you can imagine how great they are. Um, they even they made a comp made made a try to fight this plant being reopened um, back in I think it was two thousand it was the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, they had to fight it because it was gonna cost locals way too much money for the value because they can get their power from there's there's like a dozen power plants in West Virginia or there's you know Ohio it's regional we're not like te- the, the area the that area is not like Texas where it's its own little you know power plant <laughs> power grid it's the like the rest of the country it's you know it you can pull power let from me, other it, places and let, let me yeah, interject but, uh, Zach since I'm the numbers man in yeah. six years um, the people of West Virginia have overpaid one hundred seventeen. Yeah million dollars to yep. uh, keep using Joe Manchin's clop, this stuff called yep. gob, which also, it's one of the reasons why the area is so devalued. Everything is covered yep. it in filth, but it's filth that you're actually paying $117 million extra for. Yep. Thanks, Joe. Right. Yep. And the qu- a question here, in the context of the war, Russia's war in Ukraine, is is he going to benefit from this because of the the cutoffs and the uh, the interruptions in terms of uh, energy resources in the region? Absolutely. Benefiting? Yeah. What's, yeah, what's absolutely. that mean to him? Uh, understand that uh, the price of coal and the price of just like the price of natural gas and, and, and distillates, etc. Zoom, when the, when the national when the international price goes up these contracts are pegged to a floating price. So basically, he is a Ukraine war profiteer. This is what's going on. And he's making money off that bloodshed. And that is why Bernie Sanders has called for an energy windfall profit tax. But that means he's actually saying to his fellow senator, as long as you're 
raking it in because of this war, why don't you give back 60% of the windfall? We're not even asking you to give back your usual half million bucks a year in royalty that you're pocketing on this plant. Give us the extra, 60% of the extra you're making off of the suffering. Right. You know, the U.S. taxpayer is paying. It's, it's not like it's free to the U.S. taxpayer, this war. But it's it's a... Uh, you know, it, it's they're having a, a party. They're they breaking out the champagne bottles over at Chevron and Exxon and in Mansion. But understand that the price of coal and the price of natural gas, and the price of distillates, and obviously we see gasoline and others are all pegged to this international price. So he makes money. This, this was the number one Goes thing. Out. I was at CPAC, CPAC down in Orlando. Um, uh, it was a month and a half ago, and that was almost every single speaker. E- either the speakers were Charlie Kirk was against doing anything, just ignore Ukraine, don't do anything whatsoever. But every single other speaker was slamming on this is Biden's war. Russia wouldn't have invaded Ukraine if it wasn't Biden's war. That's why we need to open up the oil wells in Alaska. We need to open up the coal mines in West Virginia. We need to, you know, every anything you can possibly think offshore drilling. They're just saying open it up. And so it was a pro- basically the, the the old school conservatives that are still left and the few of them that are still left in uh, at C- at places like CPAC desperately desperately want to reopen everything even though everything's nothing's been closed I mean let's let's be honest here Alaska is still open for business um, it's just that businesses know it's too cheap and they can't make they're they're holding off on that um, but. It's the fact that like this is this is their like moment in the sun to try ironically the sun um, to uh, to try to make like the last bits of money from the uh, fossil fuel economy and uh, they're desperate for it. It's amazing. It's amazing that this guy has so much power in this context. Final word, Greg. We're out of time, but what where, where does this one go? Uh, well, we we're we're going to see a again. lot more of this. Go on, go on, please. You know, we, we do, Zach and I have been doing investigations on both energy and voting, and you can't split the two. Right. If you have a fixed voting system, who is it fixed by? It's not fixed for the people who are sucking the filth and gob. It's fixed for the people who are, who are the filth merchants. Let's not forget why elections are fixed. As I've said, you don't steal votes to steal elections. You steal votes to steal the money. And that's what's going on. If they can take away uh, Reverend Warnock's seat in Georgia, they don't have to talk to Manchin. Then they've got yep. uh, the uh, the petro interests will have uh, the majority in the Senate. Wow, so much at stake. Well, uh, thank you so much, Greg Palast. GregPalast.com with us every week to do the Election Crimes Bulletin. Zach Roberts, a photographer, works with Greg. Uh, and I, I thank both of you for your amazing work. Sorry about the...